You got <laughs> shit on me. No, I don't got shit on her because she uh, usually thinks ahead of me <laughs> and will and will come at me with comments and concerns about my um, thoughtless comments and concerns that really contribute to the both of us that sometimes I just fail to re to recognize, but we'll get a free advice tip um, daily. Um, you know, driving on the road. Um, <laughs> this all sounds no. very familiar for whatever reason. Uh, I think that's a good way to start it off. Hello, welcome to the Silent Podcast, everybody. I'm here with Boy Rothlane and OK Lelly from Off Kilter. It's going to be our first group interview today. Very hey, excited. Hey. Yes, uh, sir. Yeah. Thank you for having us. Thank you. I, I've been stupid excited. First, I'm going to talk about the both of y'all together, and then we'll kind of split up into individual solo projects. So let's talk about Off Kilter. Do y'all want to tell me kind of the story behind that? So Off Kilter is my brainchild that Gabe was already just sort of a part of um, by choice. I, I've <laughs> yeah, told him multiple choice. times, like, if you don't want to be a part of it, that's totally okay. You know, sometimes when you mix like your relationship with mm -hmm. other aspects, business wise or musically, that can get really tiring, especially if you see them all the time. But we have a lot of mutual interest when it comes to music. And I think writing wise, um, he's just so much fun and he provides a, a lot of a good foundation. So fortunately, Off Kilter is sort of based around that idea, and it has um, very good friends of ours. We have Samuel DeLong, who goes by Samuel L. Jackson as his artist name. <laughs> it's spelled Samuel E.L. Jackson, yeah, yeah. and you'll see those tags and references in, in Gabe's Boy Rothling project. Yes. Um, we have my friend Johnny, who is in a few projects himself, uh, this really wonderful band, like a... Latin alternative from McAllen, I believe, and they've come up here to Dallas called Dezora and also Kana. And then our friend Sebastian. And yeah, it's it's really fun just to write music. We are the Future of Fest show will be our second official show together as a group. Awesome. You two like give the impression that it's like y'all have been together for, for yes. a while. I'll let Gabe answer this one because yeah. three of the members are friends he's had since high school. Okay. Yeah, and Sebastian actually had been Pretty pretty close to since kindergarten, um, mm -hmm. and musically we, we weren't like too much of a um, like a duo okay. um, until this, and it was kind of eased in um, just through the familiarity and extra hands with auxiliary and vocals. Turns out like he, he is solid on vocals and he understands the, the auxiliary aspect of music really well. But but yeah, half of it's like we're all super close. That definitely helps in in the rehearsal space and in the hanging out all together um, space. Yeah, yeah we, we've been, we're creeping up on like two years come later the summer. But ever since we've known each other really for like three years now, it's been um, music musically compatible, I'd say. Yeah. Um, it seems like y'all are navigating it very well and just work well together like out in and outside of like that space as like partners, you know. Like uh, when it comes to writing, in general, like romantically, it's very interesting to take a step back because now we're talking like, uh, you know, when you make art anywhere in any aspect, you're translating just like a your own version of a language that is very familiar 
and, and can be heard, but like you have your own, everybody has their own interpretation. So, so far with like Gabe and fortunately the rest of Off Kilter, um, that interpretation has been very back and forth. We'll, we'll still have moments where like there's a wall and then the other individual will interpret constant interpretation of it just slightly differently or drastically differently. And there is a lot of just letting go and admitting to myself, like how I hear it in my head, he's probably not going to hear it that way, mm-hmm. but I have to accept that his ideas are probably going to take it further than I could ever imagine. Yeah. And that's a lot of sacrifice, but it works out pretty well. Yeah. It's a lot of sacrifice. Uh, whenever we're kind of home doing this or just like away from off kilter, working together or writing together, like it, it's a very different uh, approach then when we know this is going to be for off-kilter or, or this is something that already has a location. But when it doesn't, it, it, it's really we're, we're, we're pushing more to, like, really have our ideas come through individually, mm-hmm. which could be more headbutting um, because this isn't for anything else, so we can apply more of us into it, yeah. which is a good thing. But there's, like, that balance where it could kind of get iffy when it's not for something specific. Yeah, that, that's that's a little interesting to think about because y'all both seem constantly like creative. So it, it's it's just really inspiring to see that like fr- from the outside looking in any ways, it's like everything y'all do is is for the craft. When when y'all are writing alone, is there any like a specific moment of like maybe a song that released or something that you know is coming up that you can think of where it's like you wrote it in one headspace and then you heard it for like another group, like let's say for solo, for, for charity, for, for yourself. I forget there's not visuals. I'm so I'm, I'm pointing at everyone here, but like, is there like a specific moment or story that the both of y'all can think of? Um, in terms of, of like bringing an idea somewhere and it realizing it's not for this. Yeah. And like almost like repurposing it uh, like for clarification. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, Cherry Mantis does that a lot. Sometimes we're writing songs like we don't write together. You know, it's like, oh, we'll have this format and this base idea, and you take it home. And most of the people who have more of the higher harmonic melody kind of roles will just do what they do at home in their own head. But then you can kind of get conflicting with like clashing parts. So sometimes it's like waiting it until like there's there's more to write, but most of the time, yeah, it's like I just take home a, like a voice memo or recording, okay, um, and then just write over that. Yeah, because I'll I'll put a bookmark in that when we talk about Cherry Lully. Did you have a, a story like that of kind of just something you thought like like maybe even like a solo song that you almost like gave up? I think it would be like a good way of of phrasing it. You know, I okay. So definitely, when it comes to writing in general. I feel like I'm, I do a lot of like character writing, if that makes sense. And if I can sort of envision the space of those characters or just like a story, I'll be able to fit it in pertaining to the group or the project itself. I've done that a lot with myself. I, so like Lely isn't even my real name. It's my like stage name. And I use that particularly so that I can continue to create in that space. But if something doesn't work and I'm writing it for something, it'll usually be on the back burner. I recycle a lot of my stuff. Some of my stuff will be sitting for like a year. And then all of a sudden, if I'm sitting there trying to create and I put it in the right headspace or it'll just happen, I'm just like, oh, I'm going to take this. This finally has a home. Yeah. And I'll hand it over and people are able to build off of it. But 
writing is different. It's, it's, it's all just so subjective. It is kind of like in its own, like free floating time, but it'll always just sort of disperse itself. But I feel like with off kilter, I feel like it's, it's a very almost cherry type moment. I've just been writing and you guys have been given it and you do what you will. Uh, yeah. I think your, your style and like your, um, the raw form of, of idea is always so um, your style that whenever it is brought to anybody else and outside minds come into it, like your style remains. And it's crazy that, that it could do that um, when everything else is not really thinking about what the original idea is, mm-hmm. but just individually going with whatever at the time we want. Yeah. It, it, it tends to um, work out better in, in my head or than anticipated Thank you. because the structure is so well done. Um, so that, that is, that is my not head a feels so big right now. Thank you very much. <laughs> I think it's a lot of good combination of musicality, but also personality. That's something I really, really wanted with off kilter. The, the definition of the term literally suggests like not as it seems or just sort of weird, uncomfortable. It could have good or bad connotations, but we'll leave it up to everybody's interpretation. And I think it's like this perfect little medley so far of just personalities shining through in a musical complex. I think the writing is great. I might be a little biased because I did write the songs, (laughs) but we haven't had too much time to really sit down, maybe think about recording and even really like flesh the songs out. Like we've only still had a few rehearsals with the originals, but with what I like, what we already have and what everybody's providing, like once it starts to fine tune, I'm really excited to see how everybody shines. It's going to be really weird. I hope everybody likes weird. Because yeah. it's going to be weird. Yeah. I, I love weird. Every single person in, in the band has, like, fantastic music taste. Yeah. So when given the trust of, like, you know, do what you think w- would fit here or, or get um, put your weirdness into it or, or what you think weird-wise will work, it's, like, so trusting because with literally everybody, we will we'll share and it's just, like, like, true sharing and, like, oh, thank you. And this is good music. And, and that is something that is, like, very consistently um, standing strong. Yeah. We're all parents to the same baby, and so far it's not hurt yet. So, that's <laughs> 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 oh, a good analogy. I mean, people look literally at their songs, it's like that is their children. You know, like that, that's uh, you made that. Uh, yeah. That's a good analogy. <laughs> don't ruin my baby, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but don't be, don't be an overprotective parent either. You're right. <laughs> Sorry, you're right. No. <laughs> heard no it's good because like part of what i'm doing is that i realized that without having like their own solo project and being like protect protective it's like everyone's kind of just posting like what and like passing out but it's like no one's listening at least i i I saw a lot of like where it's like okay cool and it's like no one's listening to each other's work and i'm like like you gotta like do some groundwork of like sharing it with one another and supporting each other. So I'm like trying to foster and like find yeah. my, my community, you know, so we got to get Especially. away from like the social media aspect of it and really actually hear each other instead of being like, Ooh, okay, I'll share this. But did you listen to it? Yeah. Like, did you take the time? Yeah. And the difference yeah. between like listening to a song in the car and then like listening to it with your eyes shut with headphones on it's just two completely different like listening types oh yeah and, and, and I feel like locally 
it, it's a lot of just like, oh, let's see what he has to offer. Skips to the midway to see, oh, this is actually pretty cool. Surface commenting, and there's yeah. not really much more analyzing I've seen. Yeah. Um, uh, at least when kind of compared to how you analyze your music. And it's hard because, like, the music you find and that connect to you, are, it's, like, so personal. And it's, like, you have to kind of understand if it's, like, oh, my friend is writing something. Like, it's not necessarily, like, going to hit me, like, the music that I choose to listen to that are, you know. But it also could. Exactly, and exactly. you wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think getting past that and sacrificing it and spending that time deeply actually listening to, to people's music yeah, um, is is very important. Absolutely, I, I'm glad you said because because this is a good segue for for the note I wrote earlier when we were talking about Cherry. I've I've listened to to your self titled album and I I absolutely love it. And like oh, thank you so much. I, I I love like the sound and kind of like the the vision that you had for it because it's very reflexive of some of the stuff you shared today and and y'all's tastes. Like it's just it it's just funky and I, I i absolutely love that i get the impression especially when talking like to michael heatley for the last episode of the podcast that it, it's like a not a revolving door but the roles are like constantly like shifting you know you're you play guitar you know for the band but you mentioned like a lot of like production decisions you want to talk about kind of that role a bit um i, I, I think uh, the production wise of it um i i though that is something that I listen for more. Mm-hmm. It's something that I've learned to step back because in the recent projects, it's like I'll be late to the part of realizing, oh, I understand like this song now, even though I've been playing it forever. Yeah. Um, finally hearing it in full production of what everybody has like um, agreed to in, in terms of the, uh, you know, uh, that it, it is something that always blows my mind. Um, which I'm always excited for releases. Cause I'm like, okay, now I can hear it for what the audience hears. And it's just so different when you're actually playing. There's always things I miss. So um, production-wise, I, I tend to step back okay. and, and, you know, give comments and, like, small ideas, but less of, like, producing anything myself. Sure. But uh, to, to get a bass line, so you play guitar, a little bit of bass. I, I know you all contribute vocals. Is there anything else, like, noteworthy? I know you program and sequence stuff for, for your album. Uh, uh, yes, yes. I recently got into synthesizing um, mm-hmm. a, a whole lot. Yeah. Um, and before, it, it's, um, I have Ableton and just using sounds that you know Ableton has. Yeah. It's very limiting, but it's, it's a whole wide range of things. So that is kind of my second main kind of um, hobby or, or, or however, um, yeah. just to really um, learn and like know will be the synthesizer how did because how long have you been playing guitar for um almost almost start, uh, 12 years yeah uh, a little over hard. 12 years Dang. uh but I, i've only gotten serious maybe like six years seven years sure um and it's like it's truly just time and practicing because i mean as a kid it's like i don't care what i really sound like if i can pull the song off yeah. um and, and then I think without that, like, that gave me the boost to just, like, get in head in that sense. Because if, like, learning synthesizer now or anything, keyboard or, like, bass, uh, you get too much in your head. You want to sound like you're, you're inspires. And, like, it's just much more hard. Um, but I think 
actually putting that time is, is like more worth it than you will think. Oh yeah. Do you just stumble like like when you're like in the dawn, like just messing around with like sounds, or how did you kind of find that new passion? I guess for getting into synthesis. Uh, well, I had a class in high school that we kind of that actually taught us how to use Ableton for a while. Yeah, um, and that kind of like just introduced me to like just endless possibilities of like combining sounds and genres. Um, usually, my my method of at least then before I actually got a synthesizer, was to really just go through the sounds and then be like, oh, I could, I can hear this sound into this part. Um, and it's kind of that order most of the time. Yeah. Um, but now, like, I'm really um, excited, inspired to learn how to go the other way and be like, oh, I can hear this, so let me make this sound. Um, and that's like the, the art that is... That is the, uh, that's the, that's the art of synthesizing. Circle back around, but is there anything else you want to talk about? This ought to come out by the time Paradise releases. Do you want to talk about that, the, your new single, a little bit? Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, my God. I'm so excited for this song. Um, it was one that we came to, and there were, we came to a rehearsal, and I think it was Justin Lewis. And just like, hey, we got this song we've been working on. But it was, mo- it was more like they just start playing it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very different song for sure. Yeah, it's definitely more um, modern poppy um, yeah. in a good way. The the right touch of cherry and new cherry. That's a good way to put it. That's a really good way to put it. Yeah, yeah Louis Moreno rapping, which is what we wanted for like five years. Forever. Yeah. yeah. No, I I love the the sound of it because because does Justin do a lot of the the production? Because uh yeah yeah very much so his brother is actually um producing this album oh uh, really mostly um, i think there's like mr one, two, colin three, king kingstone really? studios productions yes productions. yeah and since they live together yeah justin definitely has um a kind of uh, a big impact on on production for sure yeah tasty jams has that 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 indie quality like you know it, it sounds exactly like how y'all sound live which is fantastic. Like it really captures like that energy. So if this is like a taste of like what's to come, I'm 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 very excited for the new album. Yeah, uh, with old Cherry Mantis music um, recorded versus live, we tend to it's almost the recording is representative of how we would play it live. Yeah, and then we'll like pl- slowly start playing a different live. So mm-hmm. it, it's changes in that sense. But with this new music and especially with paradise, it's one of those things where when we do play it live, it's, it's going to sound different from the record. Yeah. Um, in just a complete opposite way. Yeah. Um, so listening to it will be a different pleasure than what you'll get live. It's a great song. Check it out. Everybody. Lily, let's talk about some of your, your solo music here. Okay. Okay. What do you want to know? Well, because I I'd seen y'all played. What was the name of the community? Because I saw on on Instagram, y'all did a, a show together. Yeah, if it was recent, I was invited out by uh, Pat Pombuena. Mm-hmm. He has his own like community orchestra, and also does and invites other artists for like duo gigs. Okay. So he had invited me out in Addison to do a duo gig, and I kind of just had Gabe like pick up or fill in in certain things because I am really awful at soloing on the guitar. It's not my, it's not my instrument of choice. Very thankful that he's even willing to. I'm always afraid to ask him to be like, Hey, can you help out musically when he's like resting? Cause it's like his day off or whatever. But yeah, that was a, it was just a, a little something that I picked up with Pat and he was really, really nice to, you know, like send it my way. 
Yeah. Um, really interesting individual to sort of like look into as well because he's constantly like all over the DFW Metroplex. But I had the opportunity to play a lot of my own like solo work and personal writing mm-hmm. um, because it was a three hour gig. Oh, wow. So that's a lot of time to pull out as much as I possibly can. For sure. Very obviously, I don't have like anything out, though I do have a planned project for a potential 2024 release. I don't really have like a title. It's very just, just Lully. But it is, I think, a good way at explaining what exactly my music is. I kind of coin it in the term of like very fever dream. So you can just sort of push that under, I guess, like very indie bedroom pop. Lots of particular storytelling. It's very personal. All of my writing is super personal. So it's just sort of hoping that either people can relate to the stories or just jam out. Yeah. I'm just always curious because I, I, I didn't know that, like I knew you from, from Lollipops. I didn't know that you played and when I, when I, that you're awesome musician and y'all work together. That was just really like fascinating. I'm like, yeah, I, I want to make like a platform for, for people to, to come on and like talk about their work. I guess what I want to ask, cause I, I'm sort of working backwards like here in like from where y'all are now and then where y'all come from. Tell me kind of like your earliest memories with music and how you got to, you know, working up to a solo project. Yeah. I was born into a very musical family. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to follow the cliche that I, I'm Filipino. Mm-hmm. And so the, the cliche and the stereotypes follow that like Filipinos are just sort of like kind of forced or pushed into music. Really? That was very much true with my family. My grandpa and my dad and the rest of them back home are um, very, like, church-oriented. So, like, they were the, like, worship leaders and the the worship pastors and organizers. My brother and I had no choice but to pick up an instrument. We were kind of just pushed forward and like, here you go, you got to figure it out because you got to play every Sunday and it's not your choice. And there was very much good and bad to it, but I otherwise very appreciate. I more frequently will play the guitar, Mm -hmm. but that's not something I really picked up until about COVID. So like I grew up playing like the drums and keyboard synthesizers and singing a lot. But yeah, church was like for many that I feel can relate was like my segue and then eventually, like, marching band. Um, I was in drumline for a very long time. That's where all the terms and the, like, the technicality of, like, learning to read the, the literature. And then I, I don't really think I started writing or getting serious about thinking about music selfishly up until, like, like when I moved here from California to Texas. Okay. That was about six years ago. Like, did you take piano lessons, like, pretty young, like, that kind of yes. stereotype? Or? Yes, my aunt is actually a piano teacher. So she was very, um, hopefully, she doesn't hear this, but she was very much that kind of, She she's so sweet. I love her. I'm actually, like, my birth name, I'm named after her. Um, my real name is Danielle Ewell. So this is my Auntie Ewell, and Auntie Ewell, if you hear this, I'm so sorry that I'm exposing you. Um, but very much just, like, in order to correct my posture, uh lightly tapping my hand with a ruler and keeping my posture up straight at the piano. So I I have like a love-hate relationship with being behind a keyboard <laughs> because it's just like, ooh, trauma, but also that's great. I know how to play, I guess. <laughs> I know. Like I, 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 it's like the grass is greener on the other side because mm-hmm. a part of me is like, man, I wish my parents forced me to take piano lessons because then my keyboard skills would be much better than where they are right now. 
Uh, but then at the same, I'm like, yeah, probably, maybe I don't want that. But there, there's a healthy balance like there. And just like as a young person, just having different things like to try out and just figure out like what do you want. There's a difference between encouraging and kind of biggest example I can think of. It's not really a trend anymore, but like the dance moms, the those things where it just kind of like it's like uh, like how a lot of parents will force their dreams like honor the kids. It's like, well, I I didn't fulfill this. So now, now you're going to, now that, that I am older, like, man, like I, I hope that just like never, never is a factor. I never like become that way. Yeah. All. Not, not that I'm, that's what like your dynamic I was at all. Totally relate to that. And you're actually very like nail on the head. Yeah. Um, for a very long time, I didn't want to do anything musically related. Yeah. I, uh, was so, I guess just like just like drawn away from, from wanting to be participating. That could have also just like, I associated music with um, having to do it performatively for church consistently against, I guess, against my own will or my own like just personal drive and request. So then it was never really fun. I felt like I couldn't grow and I didn't really listen to music for myself for a very long time. Like it took me a while to even figure out that there is good music. Um, and not just something that I'm given and going like, ah, I mean, okay. Like, yeah. Um, the only person that I could relate to, like my grandpa was, um, really big into like different aspects of jazz, especially like Latin and bossa and bolero. So, um, that was like the only time that I could ever feel like I could get closer to relating and that carried into my adult years. But for a long time I was just like, well, no, I don't want to be a musician. I don't want to play the drums anymore. I don't want to play the keys. I don't want to sing. And I genuinely stopped for like five years, like didn't pick up an instrument, didn't sing, didn't yeah. do anything musically related. Yeah. I guess like what changed in, in your mind where you're like, oh, I, I can express myself now instead of just the the performative, like serving like something else, you know? I, outside of music, also studied art mm-hmm. and for a little bit film in college um, I always knew that creatively, I, I just love the world of art and being able to say that, you know, like it's 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 so fruitful to anybody that participates, regardless of what you do. You're able to take like very, um, you know, it's like very enigmatic. You're taking something and you're trying to do your best to translate what it is you see behind your eyes and your head and your ears. And to do that is, I think, a lot more impressive than what people take credit for. doesn't matter how, like, technical you are it's just the fact that you're even willing to do so and that was a start was having to see music from the artistic aspect um like I would doodle and draw a lot during this time but I felt like again when you like when you brought up words um I'm very socially awkward or I feel like I unintentionally self-depreciate and then like as funny as that can be I also still want to be trying to convey feelings more seriously, you know, just to be like, oh, just kidding. It's more so like, oh, but this is who Lely actually is. Um, and so once I started finding out that music could be good and I could relate to it more is when it started to make sense that I can express myself and make people understand who I am without actually having to use words. Yeah. So conversationally, I can set a moment in time permanently and if anybody wants to revisit me during that point in time, 
they'll be able to go back to this song, understand that it was from this time period. And now I'm creating what it is that I feel in a moment that will stay that way, fixed forever. And that was like the biggest epiphany of like, I can literally audibly diary log and get these feelings out. And yeah, it's weird to say it out loud. It's very much a um, going through a lot of growing pains and being able to record that. And then um, understanding that there's a point that there is no longer any amount of control. Like there's a really good part to creating. And then there's the, uh, you know, like the technical aspect, being in production and then having to, like you almost take away the value of what you're working on when you're trying to fine tune it. So it's like knowing when to stop and knowing when to send the message, you know? Yep. I know you're, you're working on hopefully having something out by next year. What's something you want to say with your music? In- mm. Well, when it comes, it is just, just like anybody else. It is a reflection of who I was within that moment when it was made. And it'll always be that way. And as, I guess, simple as it sounds, that's the proudest way that I can say it. It's literally magic in the moment. Um, You can go back to it. You could revisit it. My feeling within that moment will always be that way. So even if I change, at least I can go back and revisit. And I hope that applies to anybody, whether it's relative to you or you create. And when you create, like, I hope that you realize that you're literally, like, creating time capsules for yourself at all all points. Like, you're, you're creating fixed points in time. It's really cool as you continue to change. Other than that, um, Off Kilter has some cool shit, (laughs) y'all. And Lely will have things soon. I think I've said that for two years straight now, so it's two years overdue, but Lely has things soon. I kind of want to push it over to Gabe because I'm surprised he hasn't mentioned it. Oh, yeah, sure. I'll I'll throw it out. I have one single. I have a single coming out, though I have a couple projects for this year. And... Mm, I'll just talk about the single. It is featuring my yeah. best friend Kenneth Arias. Kenny, late nice. bloomer is what he's called. That's exciting. Um, it, it's very um, post-war piece mm-hmm. with orchestration and piano, bass, basically. Okay, um, John Lennon. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine if that song was good? I'm just, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I'm not trying to throw shit. Anyways. Oh my god! <laughs> but yeah, continue. yeah, yeah. What, what was um, the name of the song? The, the song name is Floraison. It, it means um, the, the process of flowering and blooming, oh. and it really is just kind of a reflection of um, sitting in the peace and not kind of thinking about anything in the future. Yeah, not thinking too much in the past, but the victories. Yeah, um, and I have my sister uh, featured on the flute in this song, and it really shout out to Allie, yeah, Allie Ooh. Roth, Allie Tibbets, Allie Tibbets, yes, nice. Um, and I think it really adds a lot, just the natural aspect, um, but it has a good mix of the acoustic and synth in there. Uh, yeah. I'm very excited for it. Yeah, um, me too. I don't know why this has been on on my mind so much. In in nature, because I, I love like the of like the the imagery of, like flowers, you know, in in uh, growth. Because as as tragic as as it is for some people, a natural like disaster of like forest fires, that's a lot of like Mother Nature's way of 
rebuilding, you know, like almost, almost like the, the Phoenix, like it's, it's cause, cause it does affect people. Unfortunately, it, to, that has a lot to do with kind of our, our encroachment on, on the environment, you know, and it's unfortunate that it affects people, but I don't know, just kind of the idea that like through, like through conflict, you know, you get resolution. Yes. And I, I, exactly. I, get, I, get, I threw a very deep and lofty question to you based on, I, song. No, I yeah, um, uh, very much so. I, I, I agree with you. Um, I, I think mo- mo- mostly the song is uh, very um, personal for yeah. a listener. Yeah. Um, be- because when you apply it to the world, real world, it's like kind of um, kind of out of the picture or the topic. Sure. Uh, but when you kind of bring it closer, and it's like everyone has their own victories. And everybody kind of can can feel and, and see to the past of like what yeah. good has become because I've I've thought the same thing. This is like not a good time to put out a song about hmm. um, victory and peace. Um, uh, see. But I think um, personally, it, it can be touched to people who have been independently feeling yeah. better about themselves. Again, it comes yeah. back to like moments of catharsis. Uh, yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I got pretty like macro and like big scale almost like to kind of prove a point. Cause to me, it's like, I think it's applicable on, on any level. And this is just, you know, this is the idealistic side of it, but, but hopefully it, it leads to something. It's like, as far as like making meaningful change, those personal battles can add up, especially collectively, because to me, it, it it's still applicable. Like when you go through your own personal struggle, probably at the other end of it, you're more equipped and just have like a, a different outlook and can then be an ally to a loved one or, or, or someone else who, who's in need who may be going through something similar. That's just my personal opinion is that, that those struggles can then help with, with different, like others struggles, I guess. Um, and it's, you know, you can only like really influence like your inner circle, but it's that chain reaction can lead to something bigger, you know? I don't know. That's just, that's just my thoughts. Like, cause it's, it, it seems like so daunting when it's like, when there's these, when, when there's just those huge issues that, that you see like on the news that to feel outside of yourself, it's like, you know, kind of, this is for, for the audience as well, but it's like kind of thinking of, you know, smaller. It's like, okay, what, what can I do in my own circle to kind of either influence like other people's opinions or have that exchange and get like a deeper, like understanding so that there isn't more suffering, you know? I don't know. Uh, Yeah. Hans Zimmer has a song. It was um, made after the, uh, there was a a shooting in a theater in the um, showing of The Dark Knight um, in Aurora. And the song that they performed was um, dedicated to all the families that have lost um, their, their, their people. And it, it, it was, you know, it, it was a very moving song, but it had moments of the, the victory theme uh, of just really, like, yeah, celebrating the lives. And, yeah. and not just feeling sorry for the lives. Yeah. Um, 
because you know we we will grieve and feel awful, but I think more powerfully we feel like um, the the amount of you know celebration that is deserved. Right. Yeah. It's very important. Yeah, because it, it you have to have the, the moment to, to grieve. Unfortunately, just how life is, where you have to roll and and keep keep on moving with it so it's like you know going going forward it's like what can be done like to to mourn like that loss and then grow yeah you know and that's that's really important just not taking life for granted you know so i don't know i i know we were talking about about your new single but that's just i no, we got I, like really I, deep there, but yeah, yeah, it's is it's as important to look back on a life, yeah, as it is to to live it for sure. Hmm. That was very concise. That was a nice way of saying that. I want to talk about your solo album that you released earlier this year. I'll 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 let you speak on it, but I I I have some thoughts and kind of some things that I've I've picked up on, um, sort of like the theming of your your debut record yeah i would love to hear that uh it is it was about a five year span of the the earliest song and the latest song but it all kind of bunched up then like the the summer before Mm -hmm. um or or the the summer before in 21 i I suppose um that i had songs that i had made for fun for me that didn't i didn't care to do anything with until kind of life progressed and um, found meaning in life yeah. with is, is, is really truly sharing it with somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that gave me the, the, the power and reason to think that my songs mean anything. Yeah. Um, and that was the first push to really like conceptualize the idea. And with it being such a, a wide span of age mm-hmm. of writing, um, it, it's not, it's really just solely, um, identifying where I come from yeah. and not even so much of where I am now. Sure. Cause there's a lot of stuff, even like the, the most recent stuff from that album, it feels um, old. Sure. Um, and I always will feel like the next release is old. <laughs> um, but now I feel like I'm in a place where I've caught up and these projects in the future are current. Um, but th- this, this project was definitely the, storytelling of, of where I, where I came from. Yeah. And I mean, that, that comes through, like I just listening to it and then kind of seeing like that, that growth. I I don't know how much like thought you put into sequencing the, the track order and, and what that means to you. But, um, it, it's, it's very eclectic. Like there's obviously a through line with like the soundscape and, um, d- did you mix an engineer? Like how, how much, view like is is on the the production like there so every every song that is on there i had fully fleshed out with production and everything um especially in terms of like the reverbs and and that kind of specific work that something could change when you hand it over to somebody i I tried to keep a lot of control on the types of effects and and kind of the glue to put it together similar to what i do but i you know with with the, the science behind it yeah. I can only like communicate it. So I sent out my music um, to have it mixed and mastered, all right. of the songs, but all of them were fully done and there was nothing really added. 
uh, Aaron Payton worked on half of the album, and there were some things like, um, just quick, um, like atmospheric oh, okay. things added. Yeah. Um, very slightly, but 98% of it um, has stayed true to my vision. Yeah. Uh, before bringing it to them. Because the Galactic Program. It, it's such a good like opening track. I, I've listened yeah. to that like on repeat like so so many times, because um, <laughs> that's like almost. Uh, again, you, you can tell me if, if I'm off base here, but it sounds like some like the earlier like like you tell me of just messing around with sounds in a DAW and like coming to, to something that like just grooves, you know. Um, and and I I get that sense and uh, yeah, it has it has like a lot of like modern like dance music, like not like quite like EDM, but just, you know, just electronic, yeah. like, you know, just the, the electronic funk, you know? Yes. Electronic yeah. funk. And, and that yeah. was one of the newer tracks that I had produced. Okay. Um, and, uh, that one, you're, you're pretty right on, honestly. Uh, that was oh, yeah. the one song that, um, it was like the quickest and I just kept moving from section to section. I didn't listen to the beginning yeah. to like figure out what could be next. I just kept it as a section. Um, and then at the end, when it's like the whole thing, it's like, oh, it actually works and it goes together. Yeah. And so that was like, I kind of lucked out. Yeah. Um, but it was a lot of just like, oh, this is a cool sound that I could figure out. And then that kind of drives it somewhere else. But I'm not worried about where it's going yeah. or where it came from. Sure. Um, it was like a pure, just for fun um, song that I decided to keep. That's that's some of like my, at least my personal experience, like some of my best work. It was like when it just happens, like, yeah. You know, it's not gonna be a finished track in a day, but but when you get like most of a de- like in an afternoon mm-hmm. and it just happens, it's like it's like I've I've struggled with this one project for it's like and this one just happened. Like you're almost like frustrated. You're just yes. like, why can't every song be like this? You know? <laughs> yeah, and, and working with um, electronic um, sounds and MIDI and um, it, it it's almost easier to to do that mm-hmm. because. Like you can you can mess up like a guitar part, sure. and you can't really just fix it real quick. Yeah. You know, you got to redo it. And there was there's a song in there, uh, uh, this side this time, with Jenna Ren, uh, the the solo in there is like whenever I was just having fun making this song, I had like like all the effects on before recording, uh-huh. and so it's like oh there's some like sound things that I would want changed, but then I would need to redo the solo. And yeah. that was like magic in the moment. I can't redo the solo because that was like the only time I ever played it like that. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, back to what we were saying earlier about magic in the moment, it's like, you just have to like, for me, I had to sacrifice like, well, this captures actually what I'm, what I want mm-hmm. rather than if I re- were to re-record it. Yeah. Um, and I'd say that there was quite a bit of things like that in the album that I kind of had to sacrifice okay. for the um, for the motive, I guess. Yeah. Um, to, to keep it natural, Galactic Program be, being all electronic was, was a pleasure because I didn't have to think big picture. Yeah. Um, it was super quick, and then I can go back and refine things, and not have to worry about re-recording or finding the same sound or tone. Sure, absolutely. You're familiar with Andrew Wang or Andrew Wong. Sorry, yeah, sorry. I am. How conscious of of an influence like did was that for you? Uh, or his music? Um, no, not not that much. Honestly, I wouldn't say that I'm familiar with his music. Are, are you talking about the YouTuber? Yes. Okay. Um, 
I I got I was in a phase where I was I was kind of going <laughs> through his like electronic segments, his his writing process, and and like the long ones with like Rob Scallon. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, I love those, uh, yeah. and it implements like just like throwing something down and then being okay with it because then it could like mean something different later. Yeah. Um, and and so in that in that sense, I think that was kind of the only thing that really stuck with me from him and them mm-hmm. is just kind of like being okay with something yeah. and having trust and hope in it later. Oh yeah. Or for later. Yeah. But musically I'm not I'm not familiar with how he rolls. He he he's been around I don't know a lot of his personal but I love his channel and just that exploration of sound. Cause me like I I got like some Moog modular synths like about a year and a half ago. Oh, shit. And That's it's like it, it's really like the, I mean this is how they market it, but it, it's so true. Because there's so much you can do in the box and like program it exactly how you want, um, but for the most part, digitally, it's gonna be the same every time without like that human element or or some other like variable. But it's like with analog gear, it's like literally you have to in the manual they're like leave it plugged in for for a certain amount of time so like the it can warm up and be in tune because it won't be a tune to me immediately. Yeah, that's wild. And sometimes it's fun. Like, it's just like, because it will, it, it, it reacts like differently. Like, even though it's electricity, it's it's not quite the same. And it has that human element. And I, I'm kind of of the opinion that the electric guitar, it was like the gateway to that, or it's like almost yeah. like the first electronic, because, you know, you have guitar techs and engineers that focus specifically like on on that sound and like, sequence it like you know with with tube amplifiers and you know because you can get like a nice like clean tone but i don't know like how have you kind of like what parallels because because that's what i hear throughout the rest of the record is that very like sophisticated here's the sculpted sound and then the human element is like you playing like over that you know yeah uh, adding yes um it is i think the human element in synthesizing is is literally just the, the consistent change of some parameter, and which gives it its human. Because you can kind of you can like play the node and then retrack it with the same node, and tone yeah. really won't change if you're just whacking Quantize it. Quantize everything. Like uh, I'm trying yeah. to get away from that. So <laughs> yeah, right. And that is something like like quantizing at only a certain percentage yeah. is very important. But but something that I've been diving into is keeping some sound but figuring out what subtle parameter can be changed yeah. kind of always um, to where it's more of like a breath. So although it's oh, the okay. same kind of idea throughout the yeah. song, there's there's different like breath spaces and like, you know. Yeah. Well, before we wrap up and, and go into our, our intermission, I want to talk about over you specifically, there's the quote, you know, behind every great man is an even greater woman. Uh, <laughs> I I loved the vocals that you you'd contributed to that. It's like j- just the textures, just like beautiful, whatever like filter that you've done, like it just like uh, also like a standout like track on the album. How, however, y'all want to like talk about that song in particular, but you know, um, obviously, like you know, with y'all y'all writing, it's like how much. Because I I can say from my perspective, like our relationship, um, a lot of, like I'll I'll just be working on something and like she's the first person I go to and like trust for like legit criticism, mm. uh, or like like helpful constructive criticism. I'm like I don't know what what is that like. Uh, that's an interesting question. 
Um, well, well, the song was was made instrumentally pretty much 100% before having the vocals come in. And I, I think towards the end of just kind of like when everything is kind of known to what's going to happen, there was more of kind of criticism and kind of um, more, more so like atmospheric yeah. criticism. Well, it was really fun, but it was really quick as well. I play out loud, or if she's over and she, she you know, she's hearing something constantly, sure. like she'll just be, she'll, she'll be like singing in her head or writing in her head, and then we'll come by and be like, play that again, and then sing over, and it would be <laughs> super cool, and then like we would actually work together and think like, what could this be about, and what we think about it. And, and, and it wasn't really until all was like writ, written for it did we kind of more dive into the criticism of like, Oh, maybe at the end here we can like belt more or yeah. something. And so he he did give me preemptively the feel of the song, which also very much helps. You know, you almost had given me like a not a not a script, if you will, but just the prompt. Yeah. And then it was a lot easier to not only write and then pick up what exactly what it is that you were trying to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Maybe from my perspective, what you needed from me. It also makes it easier to sort of put myself in your head as much as possible, and then you start to fine tune. Figuring out how to communicate with the prompt, mm-hmm. um, super important, and I think you executed it really well mm-hmm. um, and brought it together. Yeah, yeah. I think it was it was one of the songs. I got a new amp. It was it was <laughs> <laughs> my first tube amp, and Paul Reed Smith. Oh, Sanzera twenty watt amp. <laughs> Nice combo amp. Oh my god, he could talk about it forever if you Sweet want. <laughs> uh, it was perfect. So then I was like simplifying what I was playing, and mm. I'm trying to get more into just the the real touch and tone of, of the instrument. And that song came about um, being so spacious and selective, um, and as well as as having those sounds on Ableton that that really touched me in, yeah. in that kind of spatial um, freeness. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I love the vibe. Like I I just hear like, it, it it's been stuck in my head and like for yeah. forever. Yeah, like it's just like it, not like isolating, but it just, mm-hmm. you know, it it's like 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 when when you close your eyes, and just there's like nothing else. It's like that inner like monologue is kind of like mm-hmm. right here, like the yeah. sound staging. It's like I don't know. It's really cool. Yeah, oh, thank you so much. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. yeah, that was a great way of putting it. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. I dig a lot. Is there anything else you want to talk about, like that song specifically? Any more behind the scenes or, or the record before, uh, before we go to intermission? Yeah, yeah, that song is actually the only track that I um, have vocals in. What? I didn't even hear that you're mixed in there. Uh, yeah, I am mixed it's in. Very, oh, okay. Oh, that he. Oh, I'm just like. Yeah. Um, oh. I, at the very end, it's the very last word. Um, it, it was funny because it was like recorded poorly, but I was like, let me just, let me just experiment. So I was experimenting with like adding on. We wanted like that octave depth. Yeah, yeah. So I was kind of going like, I want oh. something lower here. But then I was like, man, maybe I just need like that male timbre. Yeah. So then I went to the same octave and then just kind of, ah, kind of, <laughs> and, and it worked really well. And it was like isolated, super out of like tune and a crack or something. But then you mix it in and it's like, oh, it matches and it's like intensifies. Um, yeah. And so I just kept in that, that take. Um, and that's and awesome. it works well. And that's like everything I listen to at the end. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like here I am. 
I have to listen for it now. I, I didn't catch that because I just like I figured you double tracked it, you know, and did, like oh my gosh. Yeah, the very nice. last phrase um, it, it, as a whole, I, I sing. So yeah. go on, close the door. It's like that little that that instrumental breakdown. It almost literally feels like you're like there's this peaceful moment of falling. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's literally like me repeating, finally falling free. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's very powerful. It's like this really Im- like driving impact that just suddenly like, just disperses like everything mm-hmm. just sort of disintegrates and then it gets back to atmosphere yeah and again catharsis just feels really good like you're letting all the last bits of emotion out and you're like bam yeah when you when you finish your cry and you're just you're not breathing hard anymore but you're just just breathing you're just sitting in it yep oh yeah absolutely that's some of the best music is the reflexive and introspective Summer of ours, dumb 
minutes into hours So why don't we stay and watch them fly by Never know. Well, getting getting back into it, do y'all want to talk about that song now that everyone else at home has heard about it? Yeah, let's do it. Put me on hold. Yeah. Okay. Well, Mr. Roth. Yeah, summer of uh, summer, early summer, maybe maybe the the spring of 2021 uh, when we were meeting each other's parents and well, no, I was just hanging out over there. Definitely where she lived. Yeah. Oh, it was. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, uh, that were different details. Yeah. Um, out of the songs that are are publicized or, or we, we do play, it was probably the most that it was such a equal input to the song, the beginning to the end, it was together working it through and it was fun. It was so fun. And, you know, as we've had the song, we've kind of refined it in ways, but it's basically been the same mm-hmm. um, since, we, since we wrote it. There wasn't really much to change because it needed to be the way that it is. As fun as it was, thank you for saying fun, it was also very, like, hard. I think we were, we were communicating with each other during that time in things that we didn't want to openly say because it was just a really hard learning time. I'd say, but it fruitful, very fruitful experience. One of the, I think the rare moments in which like you're able to like capture a piece of art that is very reflective of the two people that are in it of just like, Ooh, we're not talking about this right now, but we're writing about it and we're still not talking about what's happening. So yeah, I feel like that's kind of the the most difficult place to be in to, to actually make a time capsule if you don't want to talk about it. Your voice yeah. got very aggressive there, Mr. Roth. Huh? You're doing all right. <laughs> <laughs> I got a little too hydrated in our minutes of pause. <laughs> yeah, now you're rejuvenated, so I'm keep, uh, keeping you full here. <laughs> and my blood is going a little faster. That's funny. It's almost easier to say certain things, like, not isolated, but, like, into a microphone or recording it or, or just writing it down than it is actually, like, especially when... Not not an issue, but just when the person you need to talk to is the subject of the song, you know? And you're just like, it's a beautifully awkward period of time. But that experience, you know, having written it together and then going through that experience, do you think that was like the catalyst for change and kind of forking out those feelings? Mm. I think the time period when it did come about mm-hmm. was pretty close at the time that it was going to need to come out anyway. So I don't think it was a... At least for me, it wasn't too much of a, of a problem timing-wise. In, in the moment, definitely was, was a, a present. Yeah, not coincidental, but almost like a um, byproduct of the situation. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. It, it definitely... I, okay, to, to add some context sure. and throw myself under the bus, I guess. Yeah, well. We... We're going through 
a tough period with this song that was just like sort of representing how we felt and what we were going through. Cause I had months before previously gotten out of a very serious relationship. And so it was something that was trying to transform and a lot of like push and pull. So the communication was very much just like telling each other where that other person was at without having to like, it, it's a very Gen Z approach, if you will, like sure. not, not having to communicate with real words in person, but like, we're just going to use songs and everything else to sort of maybe indirectly poke at it without having to just confront it. Yeah. Non-confrontational approach. Yeah. It, it, taking away that like a whole filter of how you look and how you, you say it mm-hmm. is when, when it's taken down. Then it's you're still saying the words you want to say, but the interpretation is now like more direct. And yeah. and and when when there is that filter on, and you have to like filter, but you can like you have to like think about what you what you look like and how you say it. It, it, it could be like that is the reason why we don't want to confrontate. Yeah. So music is is a is a great way to to put that filter off and not question why we we want to take it off. And, and it well, works well. I think it, I mean it's just like a really like artistic approach. It's just easier to be yourself with music, like in the song, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that was less of a question. That was more of a statement. That yeah. it's just, just easier to. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it, yeah. It's like there's like you can be less filtered while navigating that. I don't know. I, I think it's less think scary to express yourself musically or in any other way. Yeah, and I think I would rather be judged by what I what I'm telling you through music. Than, than to just how it's presented naturally. Yeah. Let's talk about Lollipops. Lollipops. Okay. So it's really bittersweet because unfortunately after Future Fest and then another upcoming vending opportunity, I will be taking a hiatus for the rest of the year just to like refocus. But it is my little bakery business. I do home-baked goods. It has a little bit of Filipino influence and flair, and I do cream cookies. It's been a fave, so I'll be displaying a lot of that, my cream cookies, and maybe, uh, like, I, I do, like, uh, their ube, so, like, Filipino, like, yam root Oreo brownies. My my aunt used to run a bakery in Carrollton where she made, like, pandan ice cream, and it's just, oh. it's it's such a brilliant, it's a brilliant flavor, that I could represent. I just haven't found a way to like implement it into my menu, but I have made other Filipino favorites. I've made like suman, so like sweet sticky rice. Mm-hmm. I've made other sticky rice desserts like a uh I think it's like biko, which is like a more like caramelized. It, it's just all it's all Filipino inspired. Yeah. Because that is what I am. So, yeah. I mean I had talked about this before, but just one of my favorite things about traveling is just trying food from different places. Cause I, I know nothing about Filipino cuisine or, or desserts. And cause, cause I've seen the name pull like that's not, like my, my first, like I'm terrible with names, but that's how I, I do your name. I was like, that's uh, from belly pops. Like the shop, like all the other like events we've been to. I'm like, Holy shit. I had like this connection. And it was like, it's so good. I, I think it was the yeah. um, the turkey in, in Syria, like the the yeah. benefit show that y'all have done. Oh my gosh, those are the cookies. Yep. Yes. Oh my god, they were so good. They were Yay! So good. Yeah. They were so good. 
Cream cookies. Those are my cream cookies. Yeah, those are fantastic. Because how like uh, when did you really had like a a passion or like a talent like for that? It's a uh, something that's been really common like growing up for me. Yeah. Um. I again like with food, it is like when you're cooking, you can get away with a lot more, if you will. You know, like if you've maybe like under seasoned something there is a point where you may over season but you can still like the agree the ingredients are forgiving um my aunt owned a bakery here or in Carrollton for a little bit under the name devious desserts and I pulled a lot of inspiration from her and her experience just in the culinary world um and I just thought it was really really cool to take like things that were already very specific to me Mm -hmm. and try to implement that not really even marketing. I just love, I love baking, like yeah. cheesecakes, anything. It's like a sense of comfort for me. So it was just like another way to translate how I could express to somebody else that like, this is something that I care about. Therefore I care for you. So eat it. Yeah. Um, but that was, that's always been something that's been involved like since childhood. Yeah, absolutely. Cause you know, I, I mentioned that before. It's like I, from one artist to another, I hate marketing. I, I hadn't been right. on so I was off social media for for years. Yeah. Uh until recently I was like, well, there's no other way for people like to to discover anything like, you know, the the podcast for all intents and purposes is a promotional tool, but I don't want it to to feel that way cuz cuz then it's like cuz everyone and anybody can see right through that. It should be just natural. Like I, I do this because I enjoy it. Like I had a skill for audio engineering and I, I had, you know, most of the gear already. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, I really want to do this. Like it's a good excuse to to just talk to people and like have like real communication that we had. It, it is an art in of itself and like making something. And it's just, I don't know. I, I think that's really cool just to lean into like your other strengths and just like incorporate it like naturally instead of like I don't know like like not an afterthought I don't know it's cool food is obviously a necessity yeah but if you extend it into different ways you get um like what culture you you get to really know the person that you're trying to connect to better yeah. and it feels very fruitful and fulfilling when you could without it's sounding so freaking cheesy, like hit somebody's sweet spot of just yeah. like, you know, like a, a, an expression or somebody like letting me know that this reminds them of a certain aspect of like a point in time in life. It's just, it's great. Cause I'll, I can, I can relate to that in, yeah. in a very different way. So it's just like, yeah, sweet spot. Yeah. I mean, there's a, re- like they're called treats. Cause like, cause like, you know, American culture, we have, um, at large, an issue with like overindulgent with foods and other things, but, but there's a place for like, you know, they, it makes just a really nice gift. You know, you just want to show like some kind of affection and appreciation. I don't know. It's, it, it it's very simple. Cause, cause truthfully I, I tell people this as far as like gift giving goes, it's like, I don't want stuff. Like I have family all the time. It's like, it's like, why don't you let, like, buy like it's like first off it's like i'm not gonna ask my family to buy me like hundred dollar microphones or even contribute i'm just like it's like no i i can do that myself but absolutely i'll take like gift cards like to like places like to eat or like whatever because it's like it, it it is like just that experience like i don't know it's just 
sweets aren't a necessity, but it does, it, it just can be like very like uplifting, just like, like a very simple gesture. And sometimes those are the most like meaningful. I mean, get crazy deep on like the dessert no. thing, but yeah. No, I love and it. It's also really satisfying and just like, especially like even just like cooking, like outside of like the dessert world, it's like just yeah. doing that for, for somebody else, like just making it more than like, uh, let's go run, grab some somewhere else. You know, it's like, it's like, oh, I, I made this for you. I don't know. It's just nice. I hope it, be, it becomes like something fruitful that you can like continue to do or incorporate in some other things. Is there anything else you want to talk about as far as lollipops goes? Yeah. It will eventually, I'll, I'll say eventually come back up at some certain point. Uh, as much as a labor of love that it has been to do lollipops, mm-hmm. uh, just like anything else, it can get really stressful. You know, you find ways to burn yourself out. And I think, I think I just have jumped in and, and bit off more than I can chew. Again, not to sound cheesy. <laughs> I bit off more than I can ah. chew. And <laughs> That's a good incidental fun. <laughs> I was doing so well and you had to break. <laughs> um, I bit off more than I can chew. And now I am sort of learning that as like a good and bad consequence of what it is that I need to learn. Just to be like more efficient. I also want to get more inclusive with like um, just like variety and by variety, I mean like sticking to like core flavors, but making sure like everybody can access lollipops. So like um, having like more gluten free, which Filipino desserts are already gluten free by chance. Mm -hmm. They're already gluten free and vegan, which is great. Like that was not intended, but what a great time to be Filipino, I guess. (laughs) 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 that's the time well damn that's um, funny <laughs> um, and I'm not serious about that because th- that country has like the most cases of like high blood pressure and gout and anyway it's oh. not the point <laughs> oh boy <laughs> I'm like I don't know if I'm throwing my it's, own people underneath oh y'all are too yeah. sweet um, <laughs> too nice <laughs> um <laughs> So yes, lollipops will eventually be making a return. It'll have better ideas. It'll have uh, just trying to implement like a better culture around enjoying desserts. And I want it to be accessible. I don't want to change my prices. That's been something that people have been pushing on to me. And I get it from an economic point of view, but also because of the way that just society has been in terms of our finances, I feel like it would be nice to be like just a, um, having the same foundation of like this is how it's been and this is how it will always be. Yeah. I don't want to upsell. I don't want to be something that's like labeled as gourmet just because it's more expensive. I want it to be um, of financial convenience. Yeah. So. Yeah, with any business that that's a good like balance. Like it's it's a, it's fickle with music and like selling yourself, but with something like, like literal and more like tangible, like I also minored in business. So sometimes if I use business, he turns and it's like, stop me. Cause sometimes I hate it. But, 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 but honestly, like, as far as like understanding, like, like, like with music, like with an art, it's like knowing like your audience and like what their wants and needs are. There tends to be, especially like in marketing, um, like a, I'm going to use it, but like misinterpreting like data where it's like, Oh, I'm getting all this feedback. So I should just cave and give people what they want. 
And it's like, yes and no. It, especially like with, with music, it's like, you know, you can get like useful feedback, but you can't just completely abandon your, your ideals or original like intent. Yes. It just kind of like, you know, instead of just like bending over backwards, everybody, you have to draw like a line. That's cool. Thank I, you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it will be missed. Uh, there was one time I was napping and I woke up to a bite of a cookie. What do you mean yeah. it will be missed? Yeah, you got a taste test to give useful yeah, feedback. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, you know, yeah, obviously I can, I can get it at home sure still. Yeah, yep. and that is a risk I'm always willing to take. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. With, with all that being said, we're finally going to talk about our, our music picks here. So we'll do it in the order in which we listen to them. So, Lily, let's talk about hers. Yes. Um, I'm going to start with, with some of my thoughts first, just because I wanted okay. to hold off on kind of like what, what we were hearing, like so we can kind of independently like come, come up with some of our own like thoughts, which I, I think is interesting because it's not reaction content. First impressions of music and, and sharing and having that exchange. And uh, we listened to the track Speed Racer and uh it it is it is funky. <laughs> like it like probably since the twenty tens, like with electronic funk just kind of d- distilled because it's it's this song isn't like quite disco, I wouldn't say, but but, was a, but just how eclectic because there's so many flavors of like dance music now that there's like this mutual like agreed understanding that it's in so much of like indie music and it, and I I absolutely love it like because it's not all samey but it's like there's there's just certain innate like without reinventing the wheel every time just to make something groove and it's like uh, I think the community at large is like has that understanding but yeah absolutely loved love the track yes uh, I would love to hear your thoughts um. Yes, it's definitely dancey. I would, I think I would dare to say I almost funky. One of my favorite parts uh, is, is what starts it off and really has that driving force is just like the, that continuous bass line. Mm-hmm. And it really <laughs> sets, it sets the tone for um, like, there's like, I, I love the relationship between what the bassist does with the guitarist because that's what the band is. Mm-hmm. It's just the bassist, the guitarist, and then they uh, electronically like implement and produce everything else and they played it live that way so it's just the two of them sort of hopping back and forth and uh doing their best to really emphasize the rest of of the track itself um but yeah it's very it's very tasty it almost has like a little bit of um when it gets into like little pre-courses like almost like a little bit like of latin groove Mm -hmm. going on but I don't know. It's um, the song itself, but hers in general with their writing. They're so good at just like really pushing their storytelling, mm-hmm. and they have songs, uh, including Speed Racer, where it's a very simplified topic, but the instrumentation really carries. And so, I don't know how without regurgitating that, like, like both the bassist and the guitarist really like push. Um, Stephen, the guitarist and the lead singer, his yeah. vocals. Um, it's, it's like very like modern throwback. A lot of their influences come from different artists spanning from the eighties, mm-hmm. anywhere to like, like, like us, but also like they listen to like a lot of like eighties French pop. 
And oh, so that okay, could okay. also be a driving factor for a lot of that, like that very interesting, particular dancey grooves that are going on within the song. Yeah, because I, I loved, I have in my notes, like definitely the bass, because it, it reminds me, uh, when I started learning bass, one of the first songs that's like a like really good like bass line to learn is Brown Eyed Girl, Van Morrison. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually the guitarist that performed bass on on that particular recording. And um, it's it's like, I love when there's just a good counter melody because it's like the, I'm drawing parallels because in both of these songs, it's like the, the guitar is like just kind of comping, like just like like adding like lots of texture and sparkle. And like, really, it's like the, the bass line is, is dude. And like it, it, that's, that's the melody. They're, like they're both like melodic. And I, I love, um, kind of the interplay between like voices like that in particular, like in, in dance when you like, you know, cause, cause you, you can walk a, a bass line all day. And, uh, a lot of the times in like pop, yeah, most of the time you're, you're just playing the, the root, uh, which is not as exciting for both the audience and, and for the bass player. So it's just like, it, it just adds like a lot of energy. You have to stay in the pocket for sure, which, which I do. And they pull off really well. And then, um, yeah, some like the, the synthesized like drum sounds and in particular, uh, you know, you talked about like the vocals. I love like when we were talking about over you, I, I think like as a vocalist, like, for production choices, it's like your voice is an instrument, but your microphone and everything else is an instrument too. Sometimes it gets a little lost and it's a careful balance of like having your voice. Um, but then like, besides just singing over, like, like having like something, something more to it. I, I think it came through in, in that song a lot. Yeah. Um, okay, I want to hear what you have, have to say about it. Cause I'm sure y'all listened to it together before. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, the bass line is so good. Um, but it, the, the the one thing that really shines is like the duo conversating back and forth outside of the lyrics. Um, and, well, they, they do it amazingly. Yeah. Um, yeah, the song is called Speed Racer, and I, I think even in that fixed tempo, like they're really getting the message across that it's like it's really like yeah. driving fast pace. Yeah, it, it doesn't ever feel... Like, like a rushed kind of um, chaotic. It's just it's super coherent all the way through, even yeah. though it's so full all the way through. That, that was a good point because it's like it, it it's fast, but it's like it's in control. Like it sounds like you know because it's up tempo, but it's cool. It doesn't sound frantic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's a very good point. I I like that quite a bit because um, towards the end. Like as far as it being conversational, there's lots of like parallel thirds and like other like voices towards there too. That and that is really cool how they play together. I don't know. I, it's nice. It's a nice song. Yeah. It's 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 like uh, the, the tempo and the way it's driven is so like dance welcome, mm-hmm. uh, which which is like because it's so like paced out and chill, but it's like you moving, so it's like an effortless yeah. dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. Are you are you ready to talk about your pick? Uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know how to pronounce it. Fe- Femi Phantom. Yeah, we 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 we're debating that because it, it's 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 Femme Fatum. I, I my femme French fatum. is gotcha. My French is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. That's the new um, Butch Hartman series. 
Sorry? Not Danny Phantom. <laughs> Femi Phantom. Femi Phantom. Femi. Danny Phantom could never. <laughs> you, you yassified yeah. Danny Phantom. I'm all here for like, um, Lockhart. Lockhart. Oh, okay. Yeah. I love arpeggiated synth, the kind of like pedals on there, mm-hmm. like particularly like in, in the chorus. The pretty fast chord changes, but but that arpeggio is like pretty like constant, and that's that's what I I think is interesting about dance music a lot is that it's repetitive. It's the same like video game music where you have like this like you almost I don't know like you can tell me your thoughts, but it's like when you're making like a loop, maybe even subconsciously, but it's like are you kind of aware of it's like it's okay like this like is getting like you know boring like on on a loop. I need to change something, and it's like just the right balance of. How how do you make this interesting and want to keep listening to it over and over and over like just that that oh my sameness? God. I don't know. It's like it's like a um, it's like a numberless equation um, <laughs> to like keep the audience interested. Yeah. Uh, and and with when I started getting into electronic dance music, um, I'm trying to think of a group. I don't know, but there was a song I was listening to. I was really high. <laughs> and and it was just a downbeat and like things are just kind of doing the same thing but then yeah. there's like some sort of difference in like every single like yeah. beat um and to like to like finding what can be adding or subtracting to also not change anything about it and yes. keeping the the theme just the same it's like you have to you have to like narrow how how much um of of sounds that you have to change is you have to narrow it down to like, Oh, we'll keep the sound, but let me change this like filter or, or let me change this, um, effect on it or, or rhythm or something just so different just to, to, to keep it interesting. Absolutely. Talking specifically about, um, Lockhart featuring fish Bach, which is kind of a fun uh, yeah, I haven't. <laughs> I don't know anything about these artists. Yeah, there's like no other songs by them. Right. Really? At least together or with one of them that you can look up. This is the only song I've I've discovered by them. That's um, interesting. How did you discover this song? Did it just kind of pull uh, up in your like yeah. recommended? I, I think it did. Yeah. Um, Spotify. <laughs> yeah, I had just got on like the parcels and um, like pa- Papu's wave, mm-hmm. um, which is. Just like, kind of the same texturally uh, as the song. Okay. Okay. Um, and I think it came in my weekly Discover Weekly. Nice. Um, and it's been like the the name of the category of my current music. It's just kind of like the top song that meets every single bullet point that is in like this space I'm in. Okay. Um, Shout out to the algorithm. Yeah, yeah, I know. treating you right. Spotify is amazing. Yeah, I love it. That's that's going in. That's going in my mix. Yeah. Awesome, because I, I just have like my random stuff playlist from like the last three years. Yeah, I want to hear your your input. I feel like you guys had. I know that's not an excuse, but I had like this analogy of like having just like a take a square box. Yeah, and the uh, the foundation of the rhythm is what's constantly being hit, but. Sometimes the direction changes and sometimes like it'll go into like in between like those split notes that'll happen throughout the song. Like you have all of like the really cool atmospheric elements happening in the middle, 
that don't really touch the rhythm that's happening within that square. But sometimes the square will decide to change the pattern or even hit diagonals as opposed to. So it's just really cool to see something just sort of like you take something as simple as the box and watch the elements just sort of change, but it's still within that box. And then before you know it, it's just gone. And you'll be like, whoa, I'm still processing, but it was all just in that box. So how did that? Yeah, it is a simple song. Um, And when you dissect it, like all the parts are simple. They're playing basic chords and and rhythms, really. Um, But it's like continuously interesting. Yeah. Um, And it's like they're they're playing such a stereotypical next section progression or something. Mm -hmm. But then they they make it original um, with some other element. And so it's like... Um, it, it's inspiring in that sense because then you can just take some really simple form that you can just copy and then totally change what's inside the box or off the top or off the, the base. Um, and yeah. it's like, it, it's almost easy to, yeah. to, to make something original because you're stripping down the foundation. And that, that's something that I feel like if you bring it to the context of like artists who create... It, it can get very touchy as to what people can be deemed what is original when you're relying on such like a basic foundation, if you will. Um, so if you can extend it up until this point and then acknowledge that you're only giving yourself like this, like that's what I love about this genre of music and and sort of what Gabe Gabe's side of delving into and I, I guess the examples that you've brought up in general because there's way more. There's a lot of songs that I think we we share and, and have a love for where it fits within this, like, um, that cover that Lemperatrice has, has ever done, if you've ever heard of the group Lemperatrice, really great French punk pop band, or The Empress en Francais. Uh, oh, okay. That makes more sense. Oui. I, can, I, can, I can read French for yes. the most part, but yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right. Are you guys ready to talk about Welcome to Hell? From Black Midi. Oh, Black yeah. Midi. I'm damn. so ready. Remember? Like, cause we were, we've been talking for a bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's still a fever dream happening in the back of my head. Both yeah. audibly yeah, now and... it's, like, stewed a little bit. Yep. Uh, whichever one of y'all would like to, to start. <laughs> oh, Gabe, you're going to have to take the reins for this one real quick. The, the, the video, if, if just the video, is like, um, watch this if you're high on YouTube. is is oh. basically that. Yeah, um, because it keeps going and it's like full of meaning, like crazy meaning that probably went way over my head. You're very right. You you have to like f- from both the song perspective and just like getting the animation down. Like you have to sit through that probably more than ten times. Yeah. Like there's so much to catch. There's so much going on, and. I felt like it was it was already really like just sort of pulling me in almost emotionally, but I had no <laughs> idea what the, I'm just like, wait. Yeah. Wait. Like it's it's uh information overload and and how how they play like live is like almost exactly how, how it sounds on the album. It's it's just it's chaos. Like and I, I believe I believe it's a trio or there's I am not familiar with all the members of the band, but um really cool stuff. What if if you're like if you had to like put a meaning to something like either like with the words I can pull up like some of the lyrics or, or the music in general, like what, like what's like just a quick note that y'all can think of that you, that you personally got out of it or what, how did it make you 
veal. <laughs> we're in, like we're in therapy. <laughs> It was really like pulling into the hard truths, maybe of like social ideas. It's very much a listen if you want to listen. Yeah. Because uh, it was pretty chaotic, but it's like, it was so well composed. Holy shit. It was like a, like a soundtrack, theater, music. But then it also was like, I got a lot of like Japanese rock. Yeah. Mm. Um, and, and like some like Jimi Hendrix kind of attitude. Okay, um, yeah. or, or like the harder Elvis attitude um, of just like, um, like listen to what I'm saying if yeah. you're here, you know. There's like a little bit like of a surf rock element to like a lot of like mm. what they do, but it's like twisted and warped. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like I like that. That's yeah. cool. Lily Wooden. Man, I have so many things to say. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking over the lyrics right now and I'm already just so blown away by the lyricism now that I'm like getting a chance to look at it though I'm not trying to look too deep I think uh I felt like I was like tripping a lot over (laughs) (laughs) I felt like I was physically in the term of tripping like over a rock thank you Gabe you're falling Um, down a well (laughs) that's that, it also applies very much. I mean, so. the, the, the album art like absolutely matches like the the art style. Like it's just like uh, especially it, moments in which like as the video is going, I feel like the music was really good at like like all those like little like like the syncopated rhythm like switch ups is what I mean by tripping. It's like you're like falling uh, into the next verse and it really carries into like the power of what's happening behind his voice. But like he maintains like the emotion. Like, there's no change, but you really just almost feel yourself, like, sinking. Like, it's like a sinking and an, an uncomfortable sinking in your stomach that's happening, is what I felt like was happening from both aspects, visually, but also just, like, musically. And that's that's the best that I could I could explain right now. I was... <laughs> there, there was a, a scene in the, in the video where there, she was sinking, or someone was sinking in, like, the floor, and it was hard. Um, when it was like, yeah, it, it, it feels like you're sinking, but not like around a cushion, but around like, like hard, um, tile and, and floor yeah. and stuff. So it's like an uncomfortable sink to where it's like an impossible sink. Mm-hmm. I, I look, cause I, I guess if you had it, cause I, I hate defining genres, but sometimes it's helpful, but it's like, it, it definitely is art rock. Art rock, uh, yeah, because like I mean, it 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 is like a conversation piece. Because who knows what what the authorial like intent is? But like, mm-hmm. oh, man, like because because I love that you say that because it's like that that scene in the video, like because it, it you know the song's called "Welcome to Hell." If if you're watching like on YouTube, I'll have like the link for everything down below. But but if you watch along with the video, like. I, I love the mixed media and like the representation, like when he's in that hellscape where it, it changes from, cause definitely, I, I think they may have done some stuff in, in Maya. Cause there's, there's some mixed media going on with like 3d rendering, but like flat, like, you know, solid like colors. Mm-hmm. And then it gets into like more like rendered lighting and more complicated, like geometry when, when the, the male protagonist, like that character yeah. is, in hell or, or whatever, like scape there. Right. 
and and it's it's just kind of a ju- juxtaposition, like like really like well like representing like the meta, like being out outside of your reality, and it's like like that like something like not incomprehensible, but like the overwhelming like truth, I guess, like it's behind like the curtains. I don't know. It's very very heady, but like yeah, it's like he's he's already at the pit and then sinking into the floor like further. And it, it feels like just that uneasiness like in your stomach where just like you're being like weighed down. It's like you're you're on the floor, but you feel heavy. I don't know. I just like that that you picked up on that. It was a very cool observation because I, I didn't even think of that that way, you know. You know, a lot of these um things like it's it, it's it's like almost like sobering, like cause you're talking about like kind of like, you know, if you're willing to listen like to like the truth, it's like sometimes it's it's painful and like watching it the first time around, you're just like this is not a a pleasant like head space like to be in, but it's like kind of like a, a rude awakening. I don't know. Um, I mean, like it's what the character goes through. Um, is there anything y'all want to add or, or like bounce off of like that at all? Like now that I've said that, I think you put it really well uh, when you guys were talking about like you know that uh, like the very fractal like fractal imagery that was happening when he was like diving down deep uh, like a very obvious denial of what was happening within the moment mm-hmm. and it almost just seemed like he was trying to find his way back up to all like the softer imagery but he, he just couldn't get there yeah. and it was all just working against him which is again very much like well welcome to hell like this is your own personal hell yeah. that's happening yeah. and so when you tie it wow. in with like whether or not he's choosing to listen is going to be very subjective to him that's his choice and he's just choosing not to take it yeah. And as I'm reading this, it's just like, oh, yeah, you're very much choosing not to take it. Yeah, yeah, because, like, at first I was like, how is this really? Because I knew the song before I watched the video, and I was like, how is this related? I'm like, oh, because the first time I watched it, it's like, oh, man, you feel bad. But, like, um, almost like Tarantino, like, some of it's, like, told, like, out of order. And then, like, towards the end, you're like, you're not sympathetic towards, like, at all. It's like, well, you kind of maybe not deserved that, but but you definitely deserved something. And is like... Um, yeah, it's, it, it is like an, an uncomfortable truth. Cause, cause the video to me, it's like particular, like someone's like, it's centered, like in, in a very artistic, like out there way, like about like revenge porn Yeah, <laughs> and just how like relationships like break or almost a parasocial relationship because he's on like whatever, like device and like kind of stalking. Cause like, cause if you, if you rewatch it, it's like. He did something in her room to record yes. whatever. And and just like very sleazy. Not and and my interpretation of like the very like end, um, because ultimately it's like, you know, good overpowers like evil. Cause like there there's the of like, you know, the female character gets like her like angel wings and just this overwhelming like imagery like in the video. And um but just people who like who don't choose to better themselves because this is different between like making a bad bad decision and being a bad person. It's like you make a mistake, you own up to it. In the video, that's a very like unforgivable mistake. Like obviously, they're you know a serial like just no good, corrupt. But um, you know, even like after. Cause like you see it for a second, like, you know, with her power, like he's, he's cut in half 
but then like you know he, he drags her down with her until the very end and that's that's how vindictive people like are and it was just weird because like i really had a, i was like because i would because just stuff like that i i because it's so dense and there's like um because it feels like steven universe like a lot yeah. like and but if it wasn't on cartoon network yeah. <laughs> i don't know because I, I got that art style where it's like the, um that with like the mc escher like backgrounds it's bizarre. I, I forget the artists who, who did everything, but they there's a scene that actually was in a different video for a different single that was reincorporated like of this world. And apparently the like I don't know if y'all saw the scrolling text like throughout. Apparently that that actually means something that people have like translated like parts of it. Well I don't I don't know about, but um, everyone at home, go go look into it. I, I definitely will. I'll, I'll I'll look back into it. But I, yeah, there's a lot to to talk about and unpacked with that song. But definitely listen to to that entire album. We know what we're listening to when we're going home. <laughs> yeah, on the way back home. I mean, uh, drive safely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anything else you want to add to that, or um, to wrap up our discussion? Man, call it a day. I think I'm, the only thing I want to say about, like, I guess, I guess the video itself, it's like if you took Steven Universe and then aspects of, like, I don't know if anybody watches, like, anime or old school 80s, 90s anime. I'm a big fan of Neon Genesis Evangelion. Oh, I know exactly where you're going. Yeah. And there are just, like, lots of context in, like, like, en- like end parts of even You get to, like, the end of Evangelion and then you implement, like, the feel of what you've determined about the music video itself and you combine it and it just heightens the mood. Gabe doesn't know because he doesn't watch anime like that. I haven't seen uh, Evangelion yet, but I need to and I've heard please, lots of great things. Um, just be mentally healthy enough to do so. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Or be prepared to be mentally not healthy-ish for a bit after you watch it. Thank you for the, the trigger warning. <laughs> <Yes. I'm> sorry. <laughs> Well, I th- I think that's it. That's that's a wrap. I appreciate y'all staying here, um, and you know, recording and listening to some music with me. Is there anything else? Um, it's time to plug things. What do you want to say before we leave? Ch- March twenty eighth, Flory Zone will be out everywhere. Uh, late late bloomer. I said March. Yeah. Oh, May <laughs> May twenty eighth. Yeah. Late bloomer and Boy Rothling. <laughs> Y'all better have listened to Cherry Mantis's new single, Paradise. Yeah. It's been out for at least a week now. So yeah. you watch the music video. <laughs> if you haven't already, yes. Peep the music video, y'all. <laughs> um. Um, any socials is just how it's spelled. Um, Boy Rothling. Yeah. yeah. And then OKAY underscore L E L L Y. For my personal page, Off Kilter is going to be O-F-F dot K-I-L-T-E-R dot or underscore D-T-X. So try both and see which one works. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have everything linked down on, on the YouTube page as well. Thank you. Guys, thank you so much for coming out and being on the podcast today. I've been looking forward. It's been a long time in the making. Uh, very exciting. Yeah, yeah. Thank, oh, you. thank you. Yeah. Gosh. My name has been Silence. 
I'm going to spell it again for the algorithm. S-I-J-L-E-N-C-E. And uh, we'll catch you all on the next one.